this episode of Turkish TV Time. Today we're going to be talking about season four, episode two, in which I guess things happen, but also things are very confusing. And Hakan can time travel at will, which is fun. And I just finished a Diet Coke, which is pretty boring, but I'd love to talk about all those margaritas that Zainab is drinking because they seem to be contributing to some poor decision making. <laughs> I'm I'm glad at least they like left a semblance of a personality in her when they made her evil for real. Because mm-hmm. if not, it would just have been like destroyed the whole show. I also like that evil people wear a lot of makeup. That's <laughs> I like their edgy clothes, edgy, edgy and air. They quote. wear a lot of makeup, they wear edgy clothes, and they drink a lot of tequila. <laughs> but also, why would they drink tequila? Like, let me just Sorry, I'm 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 skipping ahead, but I just need to say this and we can edit it into the what the fuck. But I really need to say this. There was a previous episode when Ruya became mortal and she's like, Oh, I never knew what it was like to be drunk. Like, wow, this feels weird. So how are these immortals now drinking alcohol and it is having an effect on them? Do you think it's having I an effect or understand. are they like enjoying the fact that uh it's not having an effect? So they're just like <laughs> That's a good point, but like, it's not like <laughs> alcohol is like has a good taste. To it's it. a fruity cocktail. Like, let's be real. Good. That's about it. Like, yeah, fruity cocktails. Yeah, right. Not shots. Right. No, that's fair. Like, you wouldn't drink shots if you weren't going to get drunk. Like, yes. that would defeat the whole purpose of a shot. <laughs> Almost again, these people might just, also be the, like, you know, how they were like shooting at each other in the shopping center in the last episode. Like, maybe they're still like amazed at how nothing affects them so they're like oh let's take 20 more shots and see if we die oh we didn't die (laughs) (laughs) anyway okay fine fine again now you're taking on my role from last episode which was finding an appropriate (laughs) solution to plot holes with a lot of creativity (laughs) and determination so well yeah i i just uh, had a bottle of tequila myself no i had a glass of water and uh that's all i had to drink to keep us on on track with our episode segment wow thank you for being the responsible yes. one yeah yes yeah i also had uh i'm also having coke sorry i again am like president Trump. <laughs> no like don't say that Sophia. <laughs> other than that that's that's the end of our similarities but anyway as I mentioned, I think in a previous episode also. <laughs> God. All right. Well, with that depressing note, I guess we'll move on <laughs> into Sophia's summary <laughs> of what happened in this episode. Perfect. So today's episode, apart from what we mentioned outfit wise, was again, I'm as I've disclaimed in the past, my recaps aren't like exactly following the structure of the episode because sometimes they have too much going on back and forth. So I'm just going to tell the story as I have it. So there's this crazy party that seems to be hosted by Faisal because he seems to really be enjoying the attention of being the guy in charge. And there's fights going on and cages and like people getting drunk and dancing and singing and Zainab gets to make an announcement at the start, just saying that there's a fight and that's going to start. So our team of good guys, as I wrote in my notes, um, are hiding out nearby and they've got the whole place under surveillance. So they're able to watch what's going on. And basically they need to figure out a plan. So like, what, the, what are they going to do now to get rid of or like to change the past in order to change the future? So they decide that the best way out for them is to make Vizier immortal by giving them the elixir because they know that Faisal had two elixirs one to give to Ruya one to him like for himself to drink so they decide like we need to find that elixir and obviously it needs to be hidden in our hideout because now they live there as if they didn't already have a hideout I'm still quite confused by that but anyway so they basically know that they need to find this dose somewhere in the hideout So they put on some really half-assed disguises and they go in and start searching the place like crazy. So 
basically they're like eat, they divide the the different rooms of the house amongst each other and Hakon is the one who finally finds the the thing the elixir and it's behind this painting I think it's of like the the maiden tower the painting I can't I can't exactly remember so he finds it he like leaves the painting laying around and just hides well obviously uh Nissan walks in the room and she sees the painting is not in its place so she figures out that somebody like figured them out and they see Hakon and of course uh Faisal walks in and he acts like a teenager being like oh I didn't know I interrupted and whatever so basically they capture Hakon and they decide they're going to make him fight and like they're going to make him fight for the for the potion and who's he going to fight Zainab and of course like he's not he doesn't feel comfortable hitting Zainab which I think is okay because I think I don't know about you guys but I would have felt a bit uncomfortable if they had shown him just like beating up Zainab I don't know anyway so Zainab like beats him and spills the potion so they're screwed like now they don't have the potion of which there were only two doses so that's going to be their new quest of course so these guys like they figure out how to throw like a smoke bomb so with that smoke bomb they're all able to escape and so Hakan decides to run after Nissan and threaten her with the dagger but he decides not to kill her because he realizes that if he kills her like it's not going to make anything better because like they know that they need to change something and they've decided that that Nissan like mortal rather than killing her as such so they decide that in order to find out who made the elixir they're gonna find the person who made the chess set like where in which one of the pieces or like two of the pieces like hid the elixir so they go and and Hakan finds out who this like artisan guy is like starts asking him questions but then he sees like Hakim there who's our hipster immortal and he's like oh it's weird that you're here so like Hakan basically kind of like flees the place then we go back to the present and like Zainab and activist girl are like just sunbathing without a care in the world having alcohol again it seems for no apparent reason and Faisal is like fine but then he goes into a hallway and sees Ruya and like he realizes how much like he misses her and like how she was the love of his life and all this stuff like starts crying and then of course Nissan walks in at that moment and is like what is wrong with you like what's going on I don't understand like get over her like she's dead so then Faisal and Zainab decide to go and see the oracle to see if they can find out where Hakan is and the oracle is like yeah I can see everything like her whole like weird philosophy discourse and then they ask her where Hakan is and she says he's in the past in 1459 and they get super angry they're like what's that answer that doesn't even really make sense so they decide to give her the vaccine so she becomes like a bad person like a bad guy I guess in the context of the show and then Faisal like leaves and she tells Zainab that everything will end and start with her like that there's a new like train of time that's starting and that it all starts with her and ends with her so basically I don't know something big is going to happen with Zainab so then okay I I skipped over one part in the past which is that Hakan follows Hakim at night and he sees that he goes to meet with Faisal and he and they're like plotting how to get rid of Nissan and they decide like Faisal gives Hakim the task of coming up with an elixir in order to get rid of Valeria slash Nissan slash Vizir and so he like gets this information and then in the present he he like meets up with Nissan at the end and he's like I don't understand like you and I we were both betrayed by someone we loved and also the other immortals have been plotting against you since the start of you guys's work or mission or whatever so like you should just work with me and all this stuff and like obviously she's not persuaded she's like we're nothing alike um it was your ancestor who killed me like don't try to tell me otherwise and she just she like he leaves and she sees like a crumpled piece of paper on the ground and she opens it and then she's like surprised but we have no idea what's on that piece of paper and then the episode ends
Awesome. Thank you. So now we are going to move straight into our banter slash spilling the non-existent tea slash gossip. Spilling the tequila. Spilling the tequila. With this episode. Great one. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so just like a good segue in my opinion is just to say that the episode ended very abruptly for me, like so much so that I think I was like getting a Kleenex or something. I like left for literally a split second, left my from in front of my uh, laptop, and I came back and it was already a few seconds into the next episode. But I had no idea that that had happened. I thought it was still the the episode we're talking about tonight. So I, I was like, "Whoa, how much longer is this going to go on for?" So for me, it was very like. <laughs> I, I don't know. It seemed like a, you know, I, it seemed like less of a cliffhanger ending maybe, or maybe just because literally I wasn't looking at my screen. I missed something there, but it just seemed very, you know, weird place to cut the action. Yeah, I agree that it was quite abrupt. Um, and I'm just like, there's a lot of things that are super confusing. Why did they have cage fighting if none of them could get hurt? <laughs> So we could talk about cage fighting later in this episode. <laughs> also, okay, I think I feel like guys, I'm so ready. Us could this for hours, but like, what is up with those like costumes that they put on that like do not hide their identity at all? Oh my god, I literally wrote that down. Like, I didn't even have a notebook near me. I like wrote it the down wigs on a the wigs. Oh. That I mean, that's my what the fuck for the week. So yeah. I don't want to spoil it or anything, but. Yeah. holy shit those wigs and then the like steampunk goggle things yeah and like the no one else at the party was wearing no those. one else same with like the weird like bdsm mask oh yeah, yeah. and then the bdsm okay. mask yeah. yeah and then the gloves like so the, weird. the the fingerless gloves oh i mean that's like your you know <laughs> that's your steampunk uh starter kit right there i still don't the understand other gloves. So <laughs> yeah me too. Me too. If it looks like it's the future, but also edgy, it's see- steampunk. That's my handy guide yeah. to steampunk for everyone. No, no, no. It's the tw- it's the 20th, isn't it? Or 19th. Oh, right. Also that, yes. So think like Robert Downey Jr. I feel Sherlock like everyone Holmes. in the steampunk that's steam- world has <laughs> that's that's um, true. Like yeah. cholera and everything else, but somehow they like evolved and made machines. Oh, has cholera. <laughs> Okay, we'll add that. We'll add that to our <laughs> list of you know bullet points about steampunk, cholera, and other diseases. <laughs> I don't know. Steampunk just like scares me. Like it, it I, it's inherently <laughs> creepy to me for some reason. It is creepy. It's like a. I feel like there's a dark, a dark, dark colored palette. Mysterious. It's just iffy to me. I want you guys, and I want. I really want to do this live if we can. <laughs> The first time that Hakan talks to Vezier at the party, you can see her fucked up nose. <laughs> she has a line in the middle of the like, tip of her nose. It's so weird. Tell me, why don't you send us a screenshot? I don't think I can screenshot, but I will try. <laughs> With your you phone. With my, oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do it right now. Don't move. Okay, fine. <laughs> Some steampunk innovations. Here. God, yeah. <laughs> um, also, there's a really funny translation um, in this episode where, like, one of the characters says, like, Chokuzal, like, sarcastically, and they translate it to son of a bitch in the subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. That's perfect. I just like could not get over that. <laughs> okay, I got it, guys. I got it. I'm so excited. Oh Send God, it over same. so we can tell you how we don't see it. Yeah, I definitely have that about why drinking does nothing to them. Also, just like I guess the peak of depravity is partying, drinking, exotic dancing, and cage fighting. And two women dancing with each other sexually. I oh, yes. That, that. Was, that was a big major i did notice that but i was confused (laughs) i was surprised they allowed that to be honest this is a pretty sex positive show so i'm not surprised it's like a queer positive show too well i'm not surprised it would be queer positive but remember netflix got in huge trouble for trying to have a gay relationship in a show 
Uh, they canceled. They didn't even make the show because they yeah. it was supposed to be about. They were gonna censor it. Was it a Turkish show or like from where? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Island turned into a Ren girl. I guess she's so useless. She's, she's so, so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Go away. Um, speaking of stupid, useless, uh, loyal ones, I'm really concerned that Hakon's next love affair is going to be with the lawyer girl. But lawyer girl is the least useless <laughs> of the loyal ones, as we have known so far. Yeah, true. Because like the giant she guy put who's her hand on his thigh, and I was like, oh no, the giant one who's a he bouncer. Um, he's useless. He's pretty useless. Yeah. He's like a wall of meat. He may come in handy later. He hasn't spoiler so far. Hasn't, he, he, no, not a spoiler alert, actually. Uh, he's continued. <laughs> also, I'm very confused as to why Hakan is like trying to be stealthy. And so he takes the painting off the wall, takes the elixir out, and leaves a painting yes! on the freaking table. Yes. And he's so angry. That was so weird. Yeah, that was pretty bad. I thought maybe like he was it was some like really great like oceans 11 thing where he had switched out the vials but no apparently not i I can appreciate that you know chess has been around for you know more than a thousand years and all that and would have been around in the ottoman empire but doesn't that chess set just look like like really modern yes (laughs) like just a little too like something you'd find in zorlu center yeah it's it's like and the stones are so gaudy like oh my god how much would that cost if it was all like whatever gemstone that bajillion dollars yeah and literally this is random old like craftsman came whip it right up for the doctor dude well you know he was an entrepreneur but then he got like beaten out of his stores i really didn't understand that story at yeah. all I'm so confused the the the, the craftsman yes i didn't even register that what was that story well, about I, I must have not been listening i think Easy it was like sometimes on the show okan was trying to threaten hakan but it was very very roundabout way of doing it so he was trying to like threaten him via causing this man suffering or what? No, he was like, um, this. see this craftsman, he's wonderful, learned a new word, didn't know lapidary was a word. And uh, <laughs> then <laughs> he, he tried to open up shops in places he shouldn't have, and he got uh, somebody gouged his eye out for it. Okay. And now he's in yep. this crappy little stall. But then that was the st- what I gleaned from the story. There's also that weird part where like he trips with the old lady and she gets really scared. And her basket falls. Yeah, and they look at each other like they recognize each uh-huh. other, but I were we did you guys recognize her? No. Uh, no. Okay. But that won't no be the last we see on. of her probably, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> But I thought maybe she was the Oracle or something, but I don't remember what she looked like, the Oracle. Old I don't remember what the, I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember what that woman looked like either. But yeah. Yeah, good, good catch with that, guys. How did they have spy cameras into the club? And like very obvious ones, like yeah. not even like sneaky one. It was like a big ass <laughs> I think it's because it was their old place and they had it bugged like, in case someone broke in, I guess, or something. Oh, that was the hammam. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the hammam is now the only gathering place for the immortals. Yeah, by per way. usual. Okay, they, okay. I, I'm glad it, they didn't waste the set. It seems like they can only have one yeah. set per per season. Season. So this season set, of course, is the hammam. It used to be the sister. Gotcha. Um, then it yep. was, what was it then? I don't know. Then uh, the Faisal was one for a while. Then it was the country house where they were going to spend the most beautiful life together. So there were two country houses. There were Ruya and Faisal's country house and then Layla and Hakan's country house. Oh, yeah. Remember that? The beach house. (laughs) But like a really ramshackle beach house with broken windows. But like the in, the interior decorating was decoration was really nice. There was like a foosball table and shit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand, I guess this is like jumping ahead, but I don't understand why Hakan is trying to convince 
Vezier to like be okay, like solve her broken heart. What's the point? He's a gentleman. <laughs> what gentlemen do they take care of women? Oh no. <laughs> no, I don't know. I think maybe he's trying to have a scenario where she's just good in the past and like continues to be good rather than killing her and like risking, you know, her resurrection again. Maybe he's just trying to like I'm giving him too much credit probably. That's like too foolproof. That's too rather there's too much that isn't foolproof in that plan for him <laughs> to handle. <laughs> I thought it was interesting though the whole um like it's actually Faisal's plot that got uh yeah. Harun to kill her. That that's cool. I like that idea that like actually he was a victim. Too. And that Faisal's just been freaking evil from the beginning, just like shifty and like, you know. At least like Vizier, I feel like ran things and was pretty transparent probably while she was around, you know, before she became, you know, sympathetic to to mortals via her relationship with Harun, but Faisal's been shady <laughs> from the beginning. Yep. Yeah. Like shady within his <clears throat> own group of evildoers. But I'm still kind of confused. I don't know if this is me, but I kind of feel like there's some weird like romantic chemistry between uh Hakim and Nissan or Valeria or whatever. Yeah. Like I feel like he's like jealous that Hak that um Yeah. Yeah, he seems that to Harun is like be in love with her. Agreed. Yeah. So that's more I think I guess that adds more like elements, I guess, to the plot to why we he would wanna like kill her because she's not in love with him, I guess. Yeah, maybe he thinks she's betraying him or something. I was thinking when what's her name? Valeria did the conf- kind of confession to Harun and was like, I've been on a path my whole life. I was just thinking like Wow, if she was talking about converting from Christianity to Islam, like this whole speech fits perfectly with our whole theory from the beginning. Well, and then they also, she also, or her Hakim referred to, like, like they talk about the Ottomans, which was also, I was like, okay, this definitely seems to be in line with my, yeah, with my conspiracy like, theory. Oh, you're infiltrating the uh, Ottomans. Because they were both Byzantine. Yeah, well, her name is Greek, so like, honestly, Esgi, I don't know what else they could do. <laughs> I'm just I'm simply telling you this is not a thing. I <laughs> but I like my theory. Like, we're gonna just, convince you by the end of this run. We're gonna convince. Even though you. it isn't a thing, you're gonna convince me that it's a thing. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Hakan can try time travel just by like lying down. Now major upgrade <laughs> yeah why Why would you have this build up of like the time travel experience being like it has to be near death and has to be like super draining and, and all this shit and finding and then, the sundial and all that right and then now it's like oh I gotta go back to 1459 BRB and then literally he is RB <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that was really confusing also, my other confusion is like apparently the Maiden Tower is like a really important location because it's where Harun like killed Valeria the first time. But like And it's the portrait of that beautiful painting. Yeah, but why would she live it. in the Maiden Tower? Like who is she so that she has access to living there? Like I, Yeah, I, she's I didn't, just like a barmaid. So that's yeah, confusing. That's why it's so I didn't realize that that's where the killing happened until i rewatched this episode which it seemed, just seems like a very impractical place to one meet like even if there wasn't a murder planned or an assassination planned at the end of that but especially with an assassination attempt in there like get a row out there you gotta yeah and it's at night like yeah. that must not be a pleasant like there's no light to guide you like it just seems yeah dumb. is faisal losing his mind talking to Bria? oh with the whole <laughs> Yeah. I think he's like they're just trying to show that he's just like deeply broken and that if anything happens related to Ruya, he's gonna lose it again. Yeah, that's a good interpretation. Or like 
if he dies, he might actually be happy about it. He should die. He should kill himself. Like, honestly. Yeah. If he's, I don't know. He likes being a club promoter, though. <laughs> yeah, that was, oh my god, he was loving his life. He was. In first scene. <laughs> like, like, back his hair even more. Yeah, why did he need to walk up to the camera and, like, show us his, like, balding, oily head and then... He has, like, this much like, of a bald spot and then the hair so shows weird. up. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then, and then I didn't get, gave him a drink and she, and he was, like, super appreciative and then she was like, it was my pleasure. <laughs> oh, my God. I do feel like, like, the weird. actor is having so much more fun this season. Like, all That's of his, true. like, reactions to everything. Yeah. Like, when he walked in and found Hakon, he was like, oh, it was great. <laughs> yeah. Body's having fun. Well, maybe they didn't have, like, fake alcohol when they were filming this. So they were all a little tipsy. <laughs> I think that's true. I think that's what happened because he was like so much more emotive than he normally is. Yeah, you're so right about the gasping when he walked into the room. Like that was so over the top. (laughs) (laughs) Um, we found out Harun's profession finally. Wait, what? Stylist. Because he he keeps being called an Akinji. Oh yeah, I was gonna ask. What's that? Light cavalry. Oh. So like the I think advanced they've called that part of the army. Four. No, that sounds familiar. It's possible. Just... I just didn't notice it. Yeah, they say that um, a lot in the in the like episode in general. I think they realized everyone was like, what does this fucker do for a living? <laughs> oh my god. Oh, can we talk about Shidin's dinner? It was literally half a loaf of bread and some cheese like <laughs> and then he like patted it down <laughs> <laughs> well then he like he like tried the cheese and he like said something about how like i think how good it was he like yeah. compared it to kashar like yeah in the modern day and then he was like she didn't use your dinner well you have to you have to go wash your hands and eat your dinner I was like that's her dinner <laughs> <laughs> i think he- <laughs> it was that nutritious I think he even says like the cheese is better than it used to be or something. Yeah, he was really into the cheese. Oh, okay. I really, really hate precocious children. Why? On the television. Oh my god, she was so annoying. Yeah. You seem so much happier now, Daddy. Oh, that's so (laughs) mean. <laughs> I like her. I like precocious children. I feel like her children's stupid. But I, I just, I just feel it's kind of obnoxious when like the child is supposed to be like the dad's like spiritual guide or whatever. It's like, come on, you're a child. Like, you're not, you're not cut out to be your dad's like. Spiritual. Yeah, you don't know what's going on. Therapist. <laughs> you yeah. should have been like, I wasn't looking for your permission. <laughs> Eat your cheese bread. <laughs> Oh god. The cheese bread is like what I would eat now as an unhealthy adult. <laughs> like so can't, can't can't give a kid that. Okay, sorry, continue. No, I I totally agree. That was very odd dinner. But we know Hakan has weird taste because he was eating like a sausage and a donut in the other like, episodes. So. Oh my god. When they kept saying they he was looking for Shekhar Ustu, I kept imagining like Willy Wonka. <laughs> oh yeah master of sugar master of sugar <laughs> but instead he was he just had a lot of clay pots yeah he was a lapidary a lapidary <laughs> one who carves stone oh that's weird name. it sounds like something like agricultural yeah sounds like pachyderm <laughs> <laughs> you know farm elephants <laughs> oh wait regarding the time traveling thing no he can time travel yeah. because of the key it's it's he can't just do it alone it's because he's grabbing the key yeah but it's okay. still like so much less effort yeah no i i than... agree but they didn't used to have the three the all the pieces of the key together remember yeah but remember, that's true. What, that's true. But remember when he was at the bottom of the um Boss golden Bruce. horn grasping the key i feel like he had still that was still kind of a near-death experience that he had to have yeah but remember he didn't he didn't come back until he let go of the key like mm. until they've gotten oh, so he learned maybe i guess they told he him how to do- oh when his little 
one of his little buddies said he needed to make a note about Azim, how he needed to make a note about uh, successful time travel. I was like, you're going to mess up the archives. People are going to be so confused when they find that note. Yeah, really. Yeah. You can't do that. We've known the rules of time travel. Yes. Let's see. What else? The Oracle was really good under pressure. I liked how she like stood up to Faisal. That was impressive. But also, so Sophia, in your in your recap, were you saying I, I I got confused in this part? Were you saying that she got the the vaccine to make her an immortal, or was that just to make her pass out so they could like torture her somewhere else? No, like, I, what that she got. Well, I, in my head, I mean, obviously, we won't know. I guess until next episode. But like, what I thought is that they gave her the vaccine in order to like turn that turn her to their corrupt side. her. Oh, okay. I thought it was going to be that, but then once she woke up, I thought it was just like some truth serum. Or yeah, something. that's what I thought. Yeah. Because, well, f- first I thought it was just to kidnap her or something or like, you know, take her somewhere against her will. But yeah, I don't know. Or it could just like cause her a lot of pain and make her force her to talk. So kind of a, a de facto truth serum. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I, I also think that she being the oracle, like, she can't really be turned because her whole role is to just yeah. be like impartial I guess in some way right and she is kind of like immortal in her own like reincarnation kind of way mm-hmm. but I do think that vaccine that thing was the vaccine like that's what I thought but we I guess we don't know we'll find out I want to mention that I really like Zainab's cat eye eyeliner <laughs> it looks really good She's only also, allowed to have that now that she's evil. Now they're allowed to wear makeup. I know. It's very sad. <laughs> she should have been rocking that the whole time. Um, also, the lawyer, the slit up the lawyer's skirt was so crazy. Did you guys notice I'm, that? I didn't notice that. No. When she sat down, it straight up like showed her underwear. It was so hot. Sophia, do you think Sammy's like making stuff up? Like first the nose, now the skirt Did you thing? see? I sent you the nose picture. I haven't seen the no. nose picture. Look at it. Look at it right now. <laughs> Do you see it? I see it, but I feel like other people's noses okay. have not like everyone, but like that's that. It's on- weird. Maybe she had a nose job. That's my theory. And they left it looking like that? I mean, yeah, it happens. So. I've seen really bad nose jobs. <laughs> um, I mean, it's fun. Like, normally it disappears the way they light her nose i think they have to be very careful but sometimes <laughs> when she's like walking or something the divot appears the divot not the divot oh my god sammy you're so i'm funny. so glad that i've been validated after all of these weeks finally finally the skirt's not real though you're making that part up so. <laughs> yeah I, I i didn't notice that with the skirt but when did she sit down when Hakan goes to time, he lies down on the couch and he t- he grabs the key and he time travels back and she's sitting next to him. Her skirt is like, I mean, she can wear whatever she wants, but that was a high slip. <laughs> also, when Husrev and the doctor are meeting and talking about overthrowing Vizier, that was like the most classic, like, women in leadership gaslighting problematic conversation it was like so it was unbelievable to see it in that context because it was so accurate it was amazing men whatever species they are trash (laughs) (laughs) human immortal whatever don't matter (laughs) and then we find out that hakan is the god of lightning as he tells vizier and then the lightning dramatically flashes in the background. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't that that catch meant. that as much, like that much, but yeah. Yeah, me either. It was pretty epic scenery. I don't know how they got that. The props people, they got some fancy lights. Yeah, they did. <laughs> and wigs. Fancy, fancy wigs. Oh, oh man, and BDSM masks. <laughs> was Hakan's wig on backwards? Like, the back of it was so I, you crazy. You know, it's hard to know if that thing was even a wig. <laughs> it was a Joan was. Jett wig, it seemed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. It was wild. And then, why, or I guess, I don't know if you can answer this, Eski, but, like, why do you guys think that 
Harun stabbed Valeria? Like, what could have made him do that? That is a really good question. And that is the same question I asked myself. Like, like how would these guys have contact with Harun? Like, since we don't know nothing about Harun, just that Hakan takes over his life and he has a daughter and he's a widower or something. It could be that they tell him that she had to do some, like, she had something to do about, like, killing his wife or something. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I like that. Because I can't really, like, I don't think Harun has, like, any political ambitions or anything. Like, I don't see any other, or, like, maybe they tell her that, or maybe she kills Shidin or something. Oh, damn. That would be awful, but like that, I, I don't, I wouldn't put it past Faisal and Hakim. Especially, he's a doctor; he yeah. could just like do, like give her some sort of potion or something. That's a really good explanation. But again, especially because if like Hakan is able to tell modern day Vizier that, she'd be like, "Oh, okay, that makes sense." But I feel like probably this is much more elaborate than the truth that the show will reveal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, true. True. Our theories never really seem to come to fruition. No. Even though they're smart. (laughs) I mean, the Christianity one, the Byzantine one is becoming more and more likely in my eyes. (laughs) I believe Ezgi. I believe Ezgi, but I still think, well, I think it would have been controversial just because, like, it would have to, like, inevitably pitted one against the other. But I think it would have been really interesting. But it would have probably Agreed. like made it too political, like unnecessarily. Yeah. yeah. Unless in the finale they tell us that's exactly what's going on. <laughs> I feel like the finale is going to be so disappointing. We might as well do like a recap of every single theory we've had <laughs> regarding what the show would end with. In our history section, we'll do the history of our fan theories. And then that would probably be much more satisfying than whatever the end is going to be. Yeah, yeah. We can make up alternate endings. All right, so today for the history section, we are going to talk about the history of cage fighting. (laughs) I am so excited about this I can't even tell you we just decided and I'm like walking on the clouds here walking on air walking on air that's the expression so I think it's walking on the cage I am walking on the top of that cage (laughs) (laughs) so feel free to interrupt and shut me up or ask questions so the history of modern day mixed martial arts cage fighting all of that starts way back in ancient Greece, where both wrestling and boxing, <laughs> I can see Eski's face right now, both wrestling and boxing were included in the ancient Olympics, wrestling in 708 BCE and boxing in 688 BCE. And then they introduced a new event, which was the combination of wrestling and boxing, very much the same as today's MMA, almost the exact same rules, which was called pankration, which means all powers. And that was introduced in 648 BCE. So that's the real origin of uh, mixed martial arts or cage fighting. One fun fact I came across is that Plato was a really good wrestler and he competed in multiple Olympics. And... (laughs) And people think that maybe his name Plato was actually a jock name, that his real name was Aristocles, um, because Plato means the broad and could be referring to either his forehead or his penis. Unclear. I would also, can we just pause? I, I would like to make our listeners aware that Sammy is so in her element right now that Sophie and I would just not be able to correct or interrupt her with any, <laughs> like, we have no idea if any of this is true and we're just along for the ride here. <laughs> Anyway, proceed. Thank you. Thank you. Please feel free to interrupt at any time. I won't kick you or hurt you. I promise. All right. So now we're going to jump forward in time from 648 BCE to the late 19th century Japan. A man named Jigoro Kano invented judo, which is a uh, martial art that's in the Olympics now, entered the Olympics in 1964. He was pretty small, frail kind of guy, and he wanted to invent a martial art that could be used in um, like public school as like a gym period kind of thing. So he took 
all of the parts of fighting out that could seriously injure you when you're practicing. So like punching, kicking, eye gouging, all that kind of stuff. And he only left the throws and pins because you can do that at full force without actually injuring anybody when you're practicing. So judo became extremely popular in Japan and around the world. And in 1914, uh, Jigoro Kano sent an emissary, Mitsuyo Maeda, Maeda to Brazil. Um, and in Brazil, he was sponsored by this very wealthy family called the Gracies. I don't know if you guys have heard of them. Very famous. I have. Um, yes. So in return for being sponsored by the Gracies, uh, Mitsuyo Maeda agreed to teach his two sons judo. One of his two sons, Elio Gracie, was very small and frail, and he couldn't really do judo the way it was meant to be done. So he started inventing a different style of it that involved more ground fighting and was um, a lot easier for someone who was smaller to do the right technique and win against a bigger opponent. So that became what is now known as Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which is the sport that I used to do, and I love it so much, and I'm very excited to be talking about it. <laughs> So Gracie started um, teaching his Brazilian jiu-jitsu across Brazil. And a lot of people were like very uh, suspicious of this new martial art. They thought it was bullshit. So they started what is now known as the Gracie Challenge, where basically any martial artist could come to the Gracie's gym and challenge them and they would fight until one of them won. Usually the Gracie slash always the Gracie would win. The challenge. Um, they also participated in Vale Tudo, which is a um, Brazilian, like no holds barred fighting style that's also very similar to today's cage fighting. And the sport or the art really took off um, when Elio Gracie fought Masahiko Kimura, who was a judo specialist. And he, Gracie actually lost that bout, but he was so tough because he actually let the guy break his arm in two places without submitting, the Gracies never submit, that everyone was like completely amazed by it and their gym and their, all of their franchises grew hugely around Brazil. So they had conquered Brazil and they decided that America was their next port of call. So they sent a bunch of Gracies over to America. Americans thought that Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu was super lame compared to like Bruce Lee and all of the Hong Kong uh, Kung Fu movies that they were used to seeing. And so the Gracies needed to do something spectacular to get people to notice them. So um, Hori and Gracie partnered with this weird entrepreneur guy and they decided to have the first Ultimate Fighting Championship or UFC event in Denver in the early 90s, I think 91 maybe. And it was no holds barred. There were no rules. They were just going to fight people from different backgrounds in a tournament, like single elimination tournament, until there was a winner. I kind of pity the people who were not the Gracie who entered this competition because they had actually 50 years of experience in the Valley Tudo and Gracie Challenge in Brazil. But they didn't really realize what they were getting into. So the Gracies actually picked um, their kind of smallest, most kind, gentle looking, weakest member of the family to enter the first UFC tournament to prove their art. So Hoist Gracie was selected and he won against a like 400 pound sumo guy, a boxer, a professional kickboxer, all sorts of different people. He completely creamed their asses and won like immediately. So then the Gracies were proven and Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu started to grow around the United States, as did the UFC, except because they had marketed it as such a like no holds barred crazy event where anything could happen and people could die, all of the government and people freaked out, especially Senator John McCain, who was a boxer in uh, his armed services life. I can't remember which area. And so he got it like pretty much banned across the whole country. The Japanese saw the UFC event and thought it was very, looked very interesting and profitable. So the Yakuza started the Pride Fighting Championships, which became incredibly popular there, but is also like maybe a little bit like pro wrestling, like no one's sure what's real and what's not. People who come from Pride and compete in UFC often don't do very well. So then in 2001, Dana White and the Fertitta brothers from Las Vegas bought UFC 
and it was not doing very well at all. It was banned in all but three states, and they put, spent all their last money on a reality television show called Ultimate Fighter, which is kind of like America's Next Top Model, but for <laughs> UFC fighters. <laughs> it's a really great show. Highly recommend. And uh, that was hugely popular. And the UFC we know today and cage fighting we know today was born. The end. That was incredible. That I mean, did you write a report on this <laughs> that you were reading out loud from? That was like so like the chronology. Just wow. Let I mean you. you should make a separate podcast on fighting. <laughs> and I can chime in and be like, I didn't know Plato's name wasn't Plato and he had a big dick. Like, wow. That would be my A big dick or a big forehead. We don't know. We don't know. I think it's a big dick. <laughs> I don't think anyone thought of any part of the body except for that. That's how it's always been. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, Plato, one of the original cage fighters. Tell your friends. Wow. The allegory of the cage fight, not the allegory of the cave. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, Plato is so fucked up. I don't think people realize, like, how messed up everything he wrote Too many kicks to the head, baby. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so I was pretty disappointed by the cage fighting that we got in the show this episode. It was really lame. But I was excited to see a cage. I like the chanting of kill them or kill him. <laughs> I mean, come on. But but again, I, I, I reiterate my, and I guess, like, of course, this has a tinge of sexism in it. But it would have been really uncomfortable to see, well, not only of sexism, but, like, just, like, domestic violence and stuff. It would have been really hard to see, like, him, like, actually fighting with Zeynep I think like actually having like a brutal real fight not like the practice fights they had like earlier on and stuff I don't know that's just my take yeah I understand that I think she would have beat his ass if they were being fair though well but she could have she just decided to like like pour the liquid <laughs> on the ground and do nothing yeah. I mean it was it, it was terrible like they should have Maybe they just ran yeah. out of like um, special, what's it called, um, stunts, like stunt budget. So they just had to do like that half-assed fight. Yeah, I completely agree. I f- it felt like they like had hired a stunt coordinator and then the dude <laughs> never showed up. <laughs> and they were just like, uh, I guess throw the vial up in the air. They, they like took the, <laughs> the rem- like they hey, spent all their happened. budget on that fall from last episode that I'm still like trying to process where the guy just like they show him falling <laughs> all the way down and he just stands up. That was so cool. Oh, yeah. I'm still slightly traumatized by that. that. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. All right. Anything else to say about cage fighting? I have zero knowledge. Just that when I was a kid, I I used to love Celebrity Deathmatch. That's the extent of fighting. And I also used to watch. I don't. My cousin used to used to buy like those tapes. What's what's that one where they like throw chairs at each other and stuff? The one that's super dramatic. You guys corrected me on this before. Like not the the one that's super acted. Pro wrestling. Yeah, we used to watch like. When there used to be VHS tapes, like he would buy those VHS tapes <laughs> and we would watch. And I just like, I don't know. It, it's so ridiculous. It's really enjoyable, but like it's terrible. I don't know if today was the the right time to talk about olive oil wrestling as key. Is there ever a right <laughs> time to talk about that? Olive oil wrestling is just, I can't. I'm still not over that olive oil museum with all the tiny children mannequins. I have a... I have a really, I have a really excellent anecdote I need to share about just like really encapsulates well the uh, foreign perceptions of olive oil wrestling. So first of all, for our listeners who are currently Googling this, um, it's literally men (laughs) wearing tight pants drenched in olive oil. Isn't the goal to hook your arm through the thong? I thought that was how you won. Thongs, they're, they're like capris. They're not. It's not underwear. There's not a thong. What are you talking about? I think you watch something kinkier. <laughs> <laughs> it's like capri pants. It's not thongs. Oh my god. You're like making this. You're like really already proving my point I'm with the story without me even telling the story. <laughs> anyway. Oh, you're so, right. They are wearing capris. I apologize. Yeah. 
There's Come a lot on. of photos with you men, the hands down butts though, when you Google it. Yeah, yes, yes. I mean, that's definitely part of it. Anyway, um, so I used to work with a guy, um, a Greek gentleman whose last name in Greek comes from the same word in Turkish that means wrestler. So Tehlivan is the word. So we had a last name very similar to that. Um, but you know, it was obviously also a Greek last name. So anyway, he, uh, we were on a group, a group chat at work where a bunch of our colleagues were also, you know, reading the messages. So this Greek gentleman, uh, someone asked him, we were talking about people's last names who weren't, uh, you know, as, as obvious to, to figure out what the last name meant. So this Greek gentleman said, oh, uh, he, he added me in the group chat. He's like, as you would know what my last name means. And, and then he posted, and then I posted a picture of the olive oil wrestler saying like, just to say like, it means wrestler, <laughs> not thinking that, you know, foreigners are going to lose their minds <laughs> seeing this picture. It's like men drenched in olive oil. Um, pulling at each other's butts, um, and then this 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 other woman on the team post does it mean gay? <laughs> the way you're laughing, <laughs> it was so bad in so many ways. Oh no! And also, this what all of this was outside the context of the U.S. None of these people, other than me, were a in any way American so this was just people not speaking their first language also uh just <laughs> taking these guesses about what these pictures so showed so anyway yeah so definitely racist my breath <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny I can't believe you said that. <laughs> oh man I really recommend that our listeners google it it's a sight. Not easily forgotten. No. I think. <laughs> it is very similar to how like ancient Greek Olympic wrestling would have been done though. Like they were definitely naked and covered in oil as they were when they did all their sports. Wait, they did all the sports um, naked? That's, I didn't know that. Oh yeah. It was all about the young boys naked in the gymnasium. And I maybe the... Um, like sponsor patreon guys could wear clothes but the young boys were definitely naked and covered in oil how how did that seem so uncomfortable like for running and all sorts of sports <laughs> well they didn't exactly have like uh nylon and stuff so i think that it was more comfortable than wearing like cotton i don't know leather jerkins and stuff what did people wear i guess a toga would be more uncomfortable than being naked yeah for running, for sure. Awesome. So now we're going to move on into our WTF section. I think we've issued a couple of spoilers already this episode, but I'm happy to rehash are what the fucks my first one is what the fuck wigs i can't say it enough i mean sure the the goggles and the mask were also disturbing but hawkon's wig was like the most unbelievable thing i've ever seen in my life it was more fantastical than any of the time traveling that happened in this episode yeah just the notion that anyone could believe that that's actual hair just beyond any kind of fantasy anyone could ever have I get you. Yes. Yeah. What the fuck? Was it Zainab that shot the little birdies for singing? That was hilarious. That was so messed it was up. Not little bird- it was not little birdies for singing. I didn't shot the seagulls for being seagulls, which haven't we all wanted to do that at some <laughs> level? I certainly have. Oh, we have regularly no. think that when I, when I hear them cawing, <laughs> walking, whatever sound what they make. What the fuck? Uh, Hakim Bey's mustache? That thing is real skinny. He's always had the creepy dude mustache. Yeah. I mean, even when he was a hipster, he was creepy, but this mustache is something else. I also don't like that he looks like he's 18 or however. He just does like, it's just weird. Like it gives everything he does a weird vibe because it seems like 
he's too young to be doing it. Yeah, he's too young. His face is like not weathered at all. So he doesn't look like he could be living in those times. And yeah. like he definitely doesn't look like he could be a respected doctor bro. Yeah, and like how are people are were people like, oh, you look like you're 12, but please by all means treat me. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Were they not skeptical? Then again, if you think about it, Fatih Mehmet II conquered Istanbul when he was 21. So people did stuff younger because they That's died true. when they were like 40. But I think when they were 21, they looked like they were 40. Yeah, that's because weathered, like you yeah, said. Yeah, there was no sunblock in those times. True. My only other what the fuck was when Hakan stabs the table with the sword and it's just kind of like rocking there and the hilt looks like so stupid. It looks like they like balled up some toilet paper and wrapped it around the hilt. That's my what the fuck props. That hilt is that the sword has just been so dumb all along. Yeah, you called that one early. What are your guys's what the fucks? The the dinner. Shudin's dinner was mine. Oh, the cheese sandwich? That's like uh, a fire festival all over again. Yeah, (laughs) it was absolutely the inspiration for. Oh, well, no, they took inspiration from Fire Festival. I think Fire happened before this season. <laughs> or didn't happen. Yeah, rather. my only what the fuck is the one about the drinking. I still don't understand why they're yeah. drinking if they can't get drunk. Like, they've firmly established that previously, so it makes absolutely no sense. I would have loved to have them have been aware of that plot hole themselves and then or not like aware of the plot hole but remember that they had set that up so thoroughly like you said Sophia and then it was just like these idiots taking like hundreds of shots (laughs) and then laughing about it but no it was they they were they implied that people were tipsy or like on a buzz like how they were dancing and stuff definitely didn't look like people weren't enjoying the benefits of alcohols you know properties let's say (laughs) no i guess i'll add as a what the fuck even though i think i've said this many times before like what the fuck are they doing in that dank nasty old hummam club thing they could be literally literally like dancing on the rooftops of domabache or something there's no reason for them to be in there there's also what like 15 million of them if they got all of Istanbul, is it, so... Is it truly the whole city, though? Or is, are they still in that, like, zone that they were limited to in the last episode? Because they were, like, limited to a particular zone, which should have not been where the freaking whatever building they're in is, because they're in an old part of the city now. And it should have... the In the last episode, the part they the were contained mall. to was, like, that new shop. Yeah, that new mall. So I don't know. I don't think they know either. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. <laughs> But Faisal's doing really great business on his new club. Yeah, he's got great hair that we saw up close. Great hair. And um, I don't know. What do you call this part? Is this the pate of your head? I don't know. The above the forehead. P-A-T-E? Or is that here? I've never heard that those letters together before. So IDK. <laughs> okay, I'll Google it. I'll Google the lapidary it. of your head, I think. <laughs> What was your Twitter page? Twintillate? Twitter page is. <laughs> it's like the top of your head. That's not very specific. Twitter page it is? No, a pate. Yeah. Oh, just the pate. The pate of Twitter page. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. This, don't Google image that. That's really weird. There was some dolls. No. 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 <laughs> I'm disturbed now. Do Google image search olive oil wrestling. Yes. Do not Google image search paint. Maybe Turkish olive oil wrestling, because probably if you just search olive oil wrestling, you might get something. A little you might get like the thong thing that you were talking about. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, did we do it? Are we literally going to end on that note of uh, uh, dogs? The thong? Do you have anything else to say? <laughs> I wish I did. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Excellent. Thank you all so much for listening. Next time we'll be talking about season four, episode three, and hopefully more about olive oil wrestling and thongs. If I have anything to say about it. (laughs) Thank you guys.